good that he would touch them. The most, the thing that you did not do at that time, he had authority over that disease. He had authority over that sickness. He had authority over death. He raised a couple of people, just casually, just raised a few people as he was living life. The disciples saw all of this and they saw Jesus defy the laws of nature. They saw Jesus walk on water. Let that not be something that we just kind of go, oh yeah, that's cool. The creator of heaven and earth came down from heaven to earth and just decided to just play with earth and just like walk on water. And he told storms to cease. He spoke to cyclones. He spoke to rain. He spoke to clouds and said, just go away. Cease. Be still. And along the way, these disciples actually realized that they would be given this authority as well. That they would be given the name of Jesus to go and preach the good news, to go heal the sick, to go free the oppressed. That this wasn't just a a journey of uh, uh, spectatorship, but this was a journey of participation. That they would actually be brought into Jesus' teaching, be brought into Jesus' practices, and they would be the very people that would actually go out and proclaim God's good news. Uh, They would then realize along the way that they weren't just following a teacher. They weren't just following a prophet. They weren't just following a guy that maybe is described someday as a man of love and he's got some good ethics and some good morals. They realized they were following the promised son of God. The the, the one that the whole nation of Israel had been waiting for. The one that when they were two years old, they were told that one day a Messiah would come, that they were the people that would follow around and be with Jesus. And then they would learn and witness that this tour of Jesus around the nation of Israel would actually come to an end horrifically on a cross as Jesus placed his life on the cross. He himself decided to place his life upon that cross. And then later on, before he did that, they were told that the message wouldn't stop, that they would be empowered and that they would be sent to go on and continue this good news, continue these good works, continue healing, continue setting people free and to eventually birth the church of Jesus Christ. It's an important conversation. This conversation not only changed the disciples' lives, but it changed the course of human history. As I said, just said before, they were sent out to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus. And wherever the good news went, the book of Acts says they are turning the place upside down. They're literally flipping what, how the world operates, that it goes from top down, that we would be people who go from bottom up to evangelize, to be with all sorts of people. They totally changed human history. And as I said, they birthed the church of Jesus Christ, God's plan for humanity to reach the, church, to reach the world. And so we force fa- fa- fast. So we we fast forward <laughs> to now, and you are in here today. You're in church today because of some disciples. Yes, over two thousand years ago, on a beach in Galilee. How humble of a conversation! How humble of a place! Imagine if you were at the beach yesterday. I definitely was. It was a scorcher. <laughs> Jesus comes along and says, "Hey, come with me. Let's change the world." Jesus doesn't work from top down. He comes from bottom up. And that's how he chooses to change the world. Today, I want to say this to you. If you would be like the disciples that have gone before us and decide to answer Jesus' call to be one of his disciples, your life will never be the same. It will forever change. 
your life will forever change if you choose to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. How do I know this? Let's just focus on Peter for a second. Peter goes, we see him in this story, he's a fisherman uh, providing for his family. We later find out that Peter actually has a sick mother-in-law, so he's probably working to pay those medical bills to uh, make sure that the family are going well. Peter goes from someone who is a fisherman, and not only a fisherman, he's a bit of an angry fisherman. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's quick-tempered. He, he's, he's, not, he's not slow to think. He's very quick to think. He's quick to go into action. He was a very domineering presence with the disciples. You know, we don't hear much about some of the disciples, but we hear a lot about Peter. <laughs> we see him, we read him, we know his heart, we know his character. And uh, here's the thing. Over the course of three years of being a disciple of Jesus, this humble fisherman, this anger management man, Jesus decided to empower him to lead the church. Discipleship will change your life. Discipleship to Jesus will change your life. It's not about status. It's not about being on top. It's about being someone who carries the presence of God, who carries the word of God, who carries the life-transforming message of Jesus. When you submit to discipleship to Jesus, your life will not be boring. Your life will not be blasé. It will be different. It will change. That thing that you're feeling right now, maybe in your inner life, there's, there's some depression. Maybe there's some stuff going on. Maybe you have a broken heart in this place today. I'm telling you that when you become a disciple of Jesus, not just your pragmatic life changes, everything changes from the inside out. God changes you as you begin to be with Him and allow Him to disciple you. So, what is a disciple? Do we want to be a disciple? Do we want to be a church of disciples? What is a disciple and how do I become one is kind of where I want to land today. What is a disciple and how do I become one? A disciple in secular terms is a follower of a master who guides and shapes the lives of his followers. Uh, they weren't just the disciples of Jesus. It was actually a tool that people in Jesus' time would use to pass on their wisdom. It was not something that Jesus made up. It was something that already existed, something that was already there. Uh, but here's the thing. These people who would follow other teachers, they would follow them around, these other disciples, and they would hang and cling off every word, every nugget of, of, go of gold that these uh, teachers would pass out to people. Uh, but here's the thing. That's where it stopped. It stopped at head knowledge. It stopped at understanding that these people who had such wisdom only passed on their understanding. But discipleship to Jesus is so, so different. Secular discipleship is you follow around someone to gain understanding. But discipleship to Jesus is this. And if you're writing notes, maybe write this down. Being a disciple of Jesus is someone who is becoming like Jesus. Someone who has decided that for the rest of my life, I want to pursue the heart of God. I want to become like Jesus. Think about this for a second. That sentence you're saying right there, I want to become like God. Can you believe that that's available to you? Can you believe that Jesus has given us the ability, us who are immortal, us who are full of sin and greed and wickedness, that God has said, you can become like me if you would allow me to disciple you in your life. And so a disciple is not just someone who understands the head knowledge of Jesus, but they understand the heart knowledge of Jesus. And this then, head and heart, actually transform, uh, transfers to our hands. And so we know the Word of God, we know the heart of God, but then that actually transforms us to being people who know how to be Jesus 
with our hands. As we go out and scatter, we're actually able to become more like Him in our community. And so here's the thing, there actually is a difference between a believer of Jesus and a disciple of Jesus. One thing we must know is that discipleship to Jesus can change your life, but it is something that you have to choose. Discipleship is actually not something that you automatically inherit when you receive salvation. It's actually a choice that you make after you've learned about the revelation of Jesus and you've learned that I want to live the rest of my days for Him. So what is the difference between someone who believes in Jesus and someone who um, is a disciple of Jesus? It's very simple. A believer believes in Jesus, but a disciple becomes like Jesus. A believer just simply understands the concept of Jesus. They understand the love. They understand the grace. They have salvation. They, they understand the heart of Jesus. But there is a moment that when you transfer from a believer to a disciple, because it's not just ideas, it's my life. And I want to become like Jesus. This is not where I want to land today, this, this, this idea of believer versus disciple. But if we're going to understand discipleship, we just quickly need to understand the difference between the two. So here are a few other uh, nuggets of, of, of truth with believers and disciples. Believers think temporally, whereas disciples think eternally. This is the difference. Believers keep Jesus to themselves, whereas disciples make disciples. Believers are spectators, whereas disciples are participators. Here's the thing. Uh, believers ask for a sign, but disciples move in signs. Disciples move in wonders. They are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And believers want Jesus without the cost, whereas disciples are actually willing to pay the cost of being a disciple of Jesus. And here lies the biggest issue. A believer transitions from a disciple when they are willing to pay the cost of discipleship to Jesus. It's not uh, a chosen few. It is not for some elite. It is when those in their heart of hearts say, I'm no longer going to live life for myself. I'm willing to pay the cost of living as a disciple of Jesus. I want myself to change and I want the others around me to change. Jesus, help me become more like you. And I love that this series is called The Cost of Discipleship. It's not cheap. Discipleship is not cheap. It's going to cost you something. It's, it's actually going to mean you're going to have to sacrifice some things. Now, this idea of believer and disciple is actually played out in the story of the rich young ruler. Again, just going to quickly summarize this story. But there's a rich young ruler who comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I, you know, make it to heaven one day? And he begins to describe how he's done this, that he's obeyed his mother and father. He's, he's obeyed the law to the latter. And the Bible says that, Jesus said with compassion, there's actually one more thing that you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and then come follow me. The invitation to be a disciple. The Bible says that the rich young ruler went away sad because he had many riches. He had many possessions. This person could have been a disciple of Jesus, but he chose to remain in camp believer because he cared about the things of this world more than he cared about the call of Jesus that is upon his life. Discipleship is a choice. It's a choice to go deeper. It's a choice to let go of your life and let God take control. It's a choice to forsake what this world offers and begin to gather eternal treasures in your life. A choice to remain faithful to Jesus even when it is tough. And it's a choice, discipleship, 
to allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a famous theologian who lived during uh, the Nazi uh, reign, he um, was uh, highly against what Hitler was doing, not only to the nation and the world, but what he was doing to the church. He was trying to establish his own church and, and everybody else kind of cowered away, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer stayed the course. He was resilient in preaching the true gospel. Tragically, he died one day before the Russians came and took over Berlin. One day, but this is what he said about discipleship. Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Salvation is a free gift of God, but discipleship will cost you your life. For Dietrich, it, it was something that cost him his literal life. And maybe for you, living here in, in an amazing nation, you might not need to pay for your life, but you may need to pay for your Western life. You may need to... Stop striving for status. Stop striving for possessions. As the Bible says, striving for things where moth and rust destroy. Striving for things of eternal value. There is a great cost to discipleship. But here's the thing. Discipleship will cost you something, but the fruit that will come out of your life, both personally and with others around you, will far outweigh the cost that you will pay. There's a life here we live on average for 80 years, but there is a life that we are going to live for in eternity. And what we gather up in these average 80 years is really going to matter when we get into eternity. The people that we gather, the eternal riches, the eternal wisdom that we will, that's the only thing that we'll take with us. We won't take our house. We won't take our car. You won't take your title. The only thing that you will take is your relationship with Jesus. It's the only thing that you will take and others with you as you go up into heaven. So that's what is a disciple. How do we be a disciple? And this is where I'm going to land today. Let's read verse 19 again, because this is the call to discipleship. And there are three things in here that show us what makes a disciple, how we become a disciple. Let's read it, verse 19. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The first thing Jesus said was that you need to follow me. You know, following is a concept that uh, we know all about today in our social media world. We understand following. We understand following people. There are people in our life that we we like to follow. There are some people that we don't like to follow on social media. We like to keep up with what's going on in people's lives. There are also some people that we've never met before, ever, but we follow them. We, 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 we're interested in their life. We're inspired by them, and we, we want to know what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their life. But this modern following is not the following that Jesus is talking about. When Jesus says those words, follow me, he isn't saying like me. He's saying, become like me. When Jesus says those words, follow me, every time you read that, I want you to replace it with, become like me. Because when you are in close proximity to Jesus, you can't help but become more like him. And that is the goal of following Jesus. The goal of following Jesus for the disciples was not to have a holiday tour of the nation of Israel. It was to become more like Jesus. So following Jesus means become more like me. That's my point number one this morning. Believe, uh, become like Jesus. Follow me. And this becoming like Jesus, it's actually a holistic uh, three-step process that I've already mentioned this morning, but I want to expand on it. Firstly, uh, we become like Jesus in our minds. We become like Jesus in our heads. We become like Jesus in our head. Jesus taught constantly. 
It's one of the major things that he did, or it's what we see recorded in Scripture, that he was teaching all the time. He taught to great crowds. Uh, He talked uh, not with the religious leaders, probably more at the religious leaders, uh, but there were specific times where Jesus pushed everyone away and he just met with his disciples and he taught them the heart of God. In fact, Jesus said that there are some secrets that the people out there will never understand because I won't reveal it to them. I will reveal some secrets of heaven to you. Jesus spoke in parables and the people were perplexed and they didn't understand it. Even the disciples were like, Jesus, what does this mean? And Jesus would uh, um, begin to pour into them the secret of the kingdom of heaven. And so we see the first purpose of following Jesus, becoming like Jesus, is that we become like him in head, that we become like him in our knowledge of him. Secondly, uh, those who want to become like Jesus, become like Jesus in our heart. Uh, there were some other disciples, as I've said before, uh, not of Jesus, other leaders and teachers that would uh, fail in their mission to pass on a holistic discipleship because they just covered the head. They didn't communicate the head with the heart. But Jesus actually communicated the law and the word of God and was able to actually show and reveal, even though it was black and white letters, the heart of God that is so colorful behind it. He was able to articulate the heart of God to his disciples. And Jesus didn't just want his disciples to know or understand about him. He wanted them to carry his heart. He wanted them, there needed to be a transfer of his heart to his disciples. Not that they would just even understand his heart. You know what I'm saying? That they would actually begin to possess the heart of Jesus in their life. John 13 says this, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. You know, in a culture where you knew whose disciples was whose by the wisdom that was passed down to them, Jesus comes and flips it and says, yes, you will know about me, you'll know about the word of God, but what will make you stand out is not your wisdom. It's actually the love that you have for each other. It's actually the love that you're going to pour out onto people. That will be the difference in this world. It won't be you arguing in the streets and, 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 and just trying to convince people. And sometimes we do a little bit too much of that on Facebook these days. It's the love of God in you out to other people that will cause you to stand out because Jesus wants his disciples to carry his heart. And the last way that Jesus wants us to become more like him is to become like him with our hands. That we're not just all word people, that we're not just all emotional people, though it's so important, but that we connect head and heart and our hands go and do something about that with that revelation that we have received. We, we go out in understanding, we go out in heart, and then our hands begin to carry the revelation of head, begin to carry the revelation of heart as we go and change our world. Uh, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet in John 13, and it says this, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you not understand what I have done for you? Jesus is like, pause, this is a significant moment. Just listen, disciples, stop fighting, listen. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should go wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you that you should do as I have done. The church can't just be a place where we understand God and we love the heart of God. There has to be action. 
There has to be a transfer from head to heart to our hands as we go out to where God has called us to be. I'm not saying go out there and change everything. I'm just saying wherever God has placed you in this season, see it as your purpose to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth in that space. Bring the heart revelation of God to that place. The, the life and teachings and heart of Jesus is made complete when believers transfer head and heart to hands. So that's point number one. How do we become a disciple? We follow Jesus by becoming more like him in head, heart, and hands. Let's look at the next one. Let's look at the verse again. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Point number two is this. Allow Jesus. Allow Jesus. How do I become a disciple? I allow Jesus. I will make you. Before anything that we just talked about in head, heart and hands actually becomes a reality in our life, we have to allow Jesus to teach us. We have to have an open heart, a posture of openness to receive correction, a posture of openness to receive the wisdom of God. We can't just hear things and let it bounce off our head or go from one ear into the other. We need to be a people who are open to the presence of God. And here's the most amazing thing. Jesus asks us to follow him but the promise is that once we follow him, he will make us. So our step is to step out in faith and follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But his promise is that you won't make yourself. I will make you. I will fashion you. I will change you. I will bring about revelation to you that you don't understand right now and that you actually can't see that is a roadblock for you right now, but I will bring change. I will bring transformation. We don't change ourselves. Yes, we participate in that change by reading our word and engaging in a lifestyle of worship, but at the end of the day, it's actually Jesus that changes us from the inside out. And here's the thing. Unfortunately, there were one of Jesus' disciples who didn't allow him to change him. Judas. I think we all know who I'm talking about this morning. Judas heard every message of Jesus. Judas saw the heart of Jesus for people. Judas saw not only those two things, but they saw Jesus' hands touch the leper, move to action, yet his heart didn't change. He didn't become like God. He didn't become like Jesus. Why? Because he hadn't opened his heart to Jesus. He hadn't let him fully in. He hadn't let the revelation of God's love for him, the revelation of wisdom, actually penetrate his heart. And so here's the thing. Judas heard all of this. He heard the wisdom. He saw the teaching and his heart was not changed. And here's the thing. It's a sobering thought this morning that you could be a faithful, church-going, serving podcast listening, sermon watching on YouTube, Christian, and you could never change because your heart's not open to Him. Your heart's not open to Him to allow the presence of God to change and shape you. You know, maybe for you in worship, you were hearing me say that before, wow, the presence of God is in this place. And you're like, what presence of God? Can I encourage you? Can I challenge you? Open your heart. Open your ears, open your eyes, not, 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 not naturally, spiritually. Begin to ask God, hey, if you're in this place, humbly, God, if you're in this place, I want to encounter the presence of God. Whatever is blocking me from encountering your presence, whatever is restricting me from full revelation of who you are, let it go. Let it go aside. But the thing is, we have to allow him in. 
You know, the Bible says that we need to guard our heart above all else, for from it, uh, life flows from our heart. Here's the thing. Some of us are so good at guarding that we've guarded God from our heart. And as that verse says, life flows from our heart. And if we're not letting the creator of heaven and earth into our heart, what life is in us? That's, that's the real question here this morning. Re- quick recap. How do we become disciples of Jesus? Follow me, become like Jesus, and I will make you, allow Jesus to change you. And number three, as the musicians come up this morning, we need to share Jesus. Become fishers of men. This is where some of us are starting to go, oh, Sam, don't, uh, don't talk about this. I love the knowledge of Jesus. I love the heart of Jesus. But sharing Jesus, that, that's, that's, that's not me, Sam. No, my friend, that's what you're called to. The purpose of discipleship is not that you would be, as sometimes we call a fat Christian, but that we would be someone who knows how to share this incredible message of Jesus. Discipleship's purpose in your life is that you would become so like Him that you can't help but share what He has done in your life. That you would become so like Him that the fear of what may happen when you share about Him will flee because you know the heart of God. You know His perfect peace. You know that He goes before you. We sang the song that God fights the battle. God, God is there. If we're going to sing and declare this in a church service on a Sunday morning, when we go out and scatter, we need to be people who fulfill the call of a disciple and share about Jesus. Imagine if the verse went like this, Follow me and I'll make you. Finished. Make you for what? what? What was the purpose? What was Christ's purpose in gathering 12 teenagers to follow him? It was so that when he left this earth, that he would multiply himself and that you would be in this room here today because of faithful disciples that in the face of persecution would not cower back but would fight for the message of Jesus. That all but one disciple would be martyred for his faith. You're sitting in here today because of faithful disciples that not only loved the heart of God, that not only loved the mind of God, but their hands moved to action and they shared the message of Jesus. It's so powerful. Jesus' first command to the disciples is, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And his last words to them were, now go and make disciples of all nations. His ministry started with discipleship and his ministry ended with discipleship. Discipleship is the key. It is the key to see revival. I love that we're singing revival, but sometimes we're singing revival with the heart that says, God, just pour out your spirit. When God is saying, go pour out your life. Go pour out the message that I've placed on the inside of you. Go pour out the forgiveness that I've poured in your heart. Go pour it out. Don't, don't, just, don't, don't just let it come alive on Sunday morning. Your purpose is to bring people into the kingdom of God. That's the purpose of a disciple. You would be so changed by him that you cannot do anything else in life anymore, that you are so wrecked for this world that all you want to pursue is kingdom purpose, the eternal fruit that moth will never destroy, that rust will never consume in Jesus' name. The sad reality is some people forget about this part. Some people believe that this part is meant for only those with gifting of evangelism. Yes, there are those who are called to the office of evangelism, just like I'm called to the office of being a pastor to people. But does that mean that you don't love people, that you don't pastor people? 
All of us are called to pastor people. All of us are called to evangelize to people. All of us, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. All of us are called to the prophetic. It's not just for a few chosen free. It's not just for the staff. It's not just for the leaders in church. It's every disciple that has encountered the presence of God, that has encountered the Word of God, that has encountered the transforming power of the Spirit of Jesus that is called out to go and share His message. Again, sharing isn't our issue. We love sharing. We love sharing about what the score was for our favorite team. We know sharing. We love sharing our opinions online. We love sharing memes, for goodness sake. I love memes. <laughs> we love sharing about ourselves a lot. Selfies. <laughs> Who's that a picture of? It's a picture of you. But when it comes to Jesus, suddenly we've forgotten how to share. Suddenly we've we've thought that this message is not okay for this world. Yes, this message is offensive to culture. Yes, this message will um, bring about some stuff in your life. There, there is a cost to this message. But what cost are you willing to pay? To see your loved ones and friends not be with Jesus in eternity? Or do you want to pay the cost on this side of eternity and see them with you as you go upstairs to be with your Creator, to be with the lover of your soul. Come on, why don't we stand up in this place? The team are actually just going to lead us in that song, Refiner. We want the fire of God to refine us this morning. Maybe for some of us in this place, we need to have a revelation, a fresh commitment to be a disciple. Can I, can I just say this this morning, with all grace and humility, if today you think that you're someone who has remained in the believer camp, I'm not talking at you this morning. I'm talking with you. I'm inspiring you. I'm challenging you. I'm calling you out to the best life that you can live here on this earth. Maybe today you need to make a fresh commitment to live a life of discipleship. Maybe today you need to make a fresh commitment to be like Jesus in head, in heart, and in hands. Maybe it's all three areas. Maybe it's just one specific area. Maybe in head, you need to dive into the Word of God more. Maybe in heart, you need to love people with your words and love people with your actions. Maybe it's deed. Maybe sometimes you, you might consider yourself a bit of a shy person. My, my challenge to you is to step out and watch as you just do ministry the way God has called you to do ministry. We're not all called to be loud and proud and, and hold a microphone. Some of us are called to just sit and listen and have tissues ready to hear people as they tell their life story. Some of us today need to make a fresh commitment to allow Jesus in. I know in my life, <laughs> the last few months, I came to this place where I realized I'd hardened my heart before God. And God did it so gracefully. He said, Sam, you're not getting revelation from my word. You're not encountering my presence because you've actually blocked me out. And as I began to just repent, and say, God, I'm sorry for blocking you out. Help me see why I blocked you out. Help me see the lie that I've been believing. Help me see that the, the wall of disappointment that I've put up in front of you. And just allow your presence to come and melt me again. Allow your presence to come and bring that revelation in my life again. Maybe today you need to make a fresh commitment to be someone who fishes for men. Someone who shares Jesus simply, authentically, wherever God's placed you in your world. So come on team, why don't you just begin to sing? And as we sing, just begin to lift up your heart to God. 
We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.